0: Hello and welcome. My name is Sean Phillips, and I am here joined today alongside my two co-hosts of this incredible new political podcast, The Voice of Reason, Mr. Andrew Van Beber and Mr. Travis Kirkendall. What's going on? So, ladies and gentlemen, we are happy to bring you a new and refreshing experience to burst your bubble and hopefully open your eyes and ears. Uh, The whole point of this podcast is so that you guys can uh, keep your mouths quiet. Or to yourselves whenever you're out and about at the bar, drunk guy down there wants to talk politics with you. The old lady at a Fellowship Hall decides she's got her opinion and wants to ramble on to you. There you go. Look, at the very least, we want to prevent you from being those people. All right. The whole point of this podcast is uh, we plan on giving you a taste of different views, beliefs, and topics that maybe you've never would have actually gone out and listened to on your own. Uh, that's a big thing for us. Is is we want to bring new experiences to places that might need it. Um, definitely locations that haven't really got outside views that really don't, really aren't their own. So we're here to burst your comfort zone. We're we're really kind of here to shake things up. We're going to have some good discussions, talk away, and hopefully not bore you too much. Each week, when you give a listen to the voice of reason. We want you to take time to reflect and challenge your own level of thinking, and truthfully, you can get as mad as you want listening to us talk. We're going to ramble on about all kinds of nonsense, but at the end of the day, you've already pressed play, and you're stuck listening to us until you get to the end of your drive. So thank you so much for turning in to our very first episode. Please bear with us as we work out the kinks and all the bumps and bruises along the way, I promise uh, like like a good old bottle of wine, it'll get better with age. So first and foremost, Mr. Andrew Van Beber and Mr. Travis Kirkendall, how are you two today?
1: Great, man. What's going on? It's good to doing be good. here with you guys. Good. Yeah. So, uh, looking forward to doing this for a long time, and I'm really excited about getting into this. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I awesome.
2: gotta say, uh, V, thanks for letting me be a part of this too. I mean, this was originally your idea, and it means a lot. So, appreciate that. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, perfect. So, without further ado, the first episode of The Voice of Reason is going to focus on introductions. Uh, We want everyone to kind of get to know who you're going to be listening to. So, throughout this show, when we bring you guys this podcast, we're going to be talking about different political views and different things that are happening around the world. And part of the reason why... We came up with the voice of reason was actually Mr. Uh, Andrew Van Weber's idea. Uh, We really just want people to kind of see things from a perspective that they might not typically think about or they might not hear in their own direction and where they are in the world. People are different all over, and we really want to paint that picture. We have a very – even though we are uh your three standard looking white guys you might run into at a at a micro brew, believe it or not, uh we we do defer. We do defer in some of our political beliefs, religious beliefs, and just kind of what we do uh for fun and all that good stuff. So even though the the chocolate might be white, it is still a pretty diverse flavor you're gonna get here from us. So <laughs> there's a way to say that I didn't think of. Thank
1: you. <laughs>
0: of course, of course, white of course. <laughs> All right. So what I want to do here is I'm I'm going to let uh, Andrew take take it away, uh have him introduce himself and let you guys get to little to know a little bit more about a uh, whole big sexy uh Andrew Van Beber himself. So you take it away.
1: Well, thank you, Sean. And again, I want to thank everybody for giving uh giving us a listen. This was and they're giving me too much credit because this was a joint brain between me and Sean and uh as a as a history teacher, I've taught in the public school system for 24 years, both in Southeast Missouri and in Northeast Missouri. Um, I want to explain just a few things about my position, my purpose, and what I see my goal as throughout this whole, whole thing. Um, I bind to no political party. I have conservative views and values mixed with a little moderate sprinklings in there. Uh, I have made myself open to the views of others, and that's developed over the 26 years or 24 years of my teaching. Um, I strive to show empathy to the downtrodden, to those, and to those of wealth. Um, I am a Christ follower, I am a Christian. I speak, I seek to spread the true faith and God's love to as many people as possible. Um, I wish to change minds about who Jesus is and what he can do for people. Um, As far as my purpose goes, uh, I want to create open dialogue. Our country is more divisive now than ever. Uh, I was born in the 70s, I am a child of the 70s, I was born in 1974, I am 46 years old, and over the course of many years, I found out that we, we, we're, and I think it kind of started in the late 80s, we've, we've gotten to the point where we don't listen to each other. We only shout. Um, unity is a code word to some people as compliance and not as one that should be working together. We've lost the ideal of compromise. Uh, we've lost the ideals of agreeing to disagree. We refuse to see things from multiple points of view. Uh, the old saying goes, you know, you have to walk a mile in a man's moccasins before you can really understand what he's getting at. And I think we've lost that art. Um, we can't understand why they have the convictions they do. And so my purpose is, is to put us, to get us into that mindset. We don't always have to say my way's the right way. I'm right. You're wrong. I'm smart. You're stupid. It is being open minded and observant of other people's, of uh, other people's, uh, what their beliefs are. And my goal is to create, as, as Sean said at the beginning, to create a form of open discussion in areas of politics, society, religion, economics. Uh, I'd like to see open talk, no holds barred, uh, not having to know all the answers, but willing to work toward the answers. And I think, uh, that's pretty much where I stand at on, uh, where I'm, where I'd like to come from.
0: No, absolutely. And for those of you guys that are listening to us, um, one of the big things is a great reason why this is a good mashup of hosts that you're going to have on this show. A big reason is Andrew lives all the way out in a small town kind of vibe where, where we all grew up. So he's he's kind of in that zone where a lot of the the political – Spectrum uh, tends to lean a little bit right, and that's that's putting it very lightly. They're almost tripping over their ass, falling right, uh, <laughs> and that's all right <laughs> now. Well,
1: yes, yes, but <laughs> to be fair, I mean, to be fair, that you know, and, and 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 to that end, that's that is the mindset that I was raised in. Um, all of my brothers, we are all over the political spectrum, and you know, I, I was raised that you know if it's not right it's not right if it's not the right wing it's not right if it's not you know you got to you know if it doesn't have the if it doesn't have the r in the parentheses at the end it's not right so yeah I, that's that's part of where i come from so
0: oh for sure and and thankfully our other host Travis Kirkendall has rightfully so, uh, up, uprooted himself and planted himself down in the heart of downtown <laughs> Chicago. So when when we say that he's thrust himself into a diverse melting pot, it is more than um, boiling over when it comes to th- that great city. So definitely when it comes to not only people that are kind of on the way far out there, the political uh, you know, spectrum, he's definitely also going to run into individuals that he's not sure if they're just so far left or if they're on crack. And <laughs> I'm excited that we're going to get that.
2: Oh, goodness. Yeah. So Travis, uh, why don't
0: you give us a little bit of an introduction about yourself?
2: Yeah, definitely. So for those that don't know me, my name's Travis. Uh, I went to school with Sean and he was my history and government teacher. Um, And ironically, you know, a lot of the things that he preached about, you know, not adhering to like a political party and keeping open mind uh that had a big impact on me and i didn't really start paying attention to politics until i think the 2016 election that was kind of eye-opening to me um i didn't really like any of the candidates in that election or this last one honestly um but i started to see a lot of things and that's when i really started to pay attention and you know, the, what this podcast is about, it really, when I first saw the, your idea about this, it really resonated with me and, you know, we need to be able to have these, this, these conversations and, you know, there's a lot of value and, you know, maybe you and I don't agree, but you know, that's coming together. That's kind of where your value is. You know, when you have two deferring reviews coming together and meeting in the middle and there's, that's not happening right now. You know, you have the left, the right, you know, Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, you know, there is no in-between. It is I'm right, you're wrong. And there's that's a problem. And I think that is one of the many reasons why we are where we are at today. And so, you know, that's my biggest motivation with this podcast is that we can have these discussions. And, yeah, we're not going to agree on everything. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm not mad at you if you don't agree with me and vice versa. And hopefully, you know, these conversations, we can set an example for others and give them different point of views like Sean pointed out. Um, so that's really my my goal, you know, is to show people that you need to have an open mind and give them a point of view that they may not have seen before. A um, little more backstory on me. I was in the Army for five years, just got out back in September, and I'm living in the great Republican city of Chicago.
1: <laughs> oh, God. We're already starting with the lies. Here we go.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's no, uh, there's no Trump signs here. Let's put it that oh, way. Yeah, we, um, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely totally different from where I come from. Uh, really different. Um, but yeah, I got out of the Army. I'm now a uh, tower climber. And I'm also going to school for welding here at UTI in Chicago and hopefully I don't stay in Chicago. Let's put it that way. Um, I am a little more on a conservative side, I, th- I think, but you know, I do consider myself an independent, and I try to look at both sides and kind of make my own opinion, do my own research, and yeah, that's kind of where I stand on the political spectrum.
1: Sean, if I could just for a second, I, I, you said something there, Travis, that really struck with me. Did you... And you obviously we're of two different generations here, but did you find it really weird that within the age of social media, how much people have disassociated themselves with each, from each other because of their different views?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, we haven't talked about this yet, but I'm actually I got rid of all my personal social media, and I was kind. Of, that was one of the reasons I got off was just you know seeing everybody just fighting and fighting and not listening to each other. You know, it's some, a quote you always said, these like, you know, we're always hearing each other, but we're not listening to each other. Right. And, you know, you see all these arguments and meme wars on Facebook and Instagram. And I think, you know, social media is definitely one of the contributing factors to where, why we are, where we are at today. hundred percent, you know, that there's a Mike Tyson quote there. He's like, people get too off or, How's it go? They're too used to talking bad to each other without getting punched in the face for it. Something like that, you know? Right. right. Um, but that, was yeah, that was just something I was curious about. Just to
0: I think Mike Tyson used a lot of different words when he said that. <laughs> quote, I butchered the, but uh, the quote. I, I know what one yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: But yeah, it's it's an issue. Well, it's, well, Perfect. And I, I I don't
0: help as being an instigator in most of those uh, you social media. Never. Oh yeah.
1: You, mean, you, I, mean, I you know. mean like? Are you talking about like this Sean right here? This Kansas yeah, City.
0: Yeah. For those of you that Oof. can't that can't see Oof. that are just listening, I hate the Kansas City Chiefs. I could have another podcast specifically talking uh, about that, but uh, we are we are not going uh, to mention that today. Tom Brady, <laughs> thank you, our Lord and Savior, Tom Brady. <laughs>
1: Oh, blasphemy! 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 <laughs>
0: go! Well, no, was, mm. yeah. Oh, you know it.
1: <laughs> I had to go there just once. That's okay.
0: That's okay. That's all, had that's right. a, Had a It was. It was on the table. You played your cards, and yes, just I did. like the Chiefs, you lost, and that's oh, all right. Oh,
1: that's all right. That's okay. That's all right. I still love you. It's all right.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, I guess that leaves it. I guess that leaves it to me. Um, Little bit about myself. My name is Sean Phillips. I grew up in a small town. I was great friends. I graduated high school with Travis and uh, Andy or Andrew, Mr. V, was uh, our Andy, history teacher. Stop <laughs> saying Andrew, by the way. I feel like I'm
1: being <laughs> scolded by my father in here.
0: <laughs> I am your daddy. Mm-hmm. No, and so uh, Andy was our teacher and uh, definitely during our time at high school was one of the most influential voices that we heard. Um, and definitely, I can I can thankfully say Travis and I actually listen. Yeah. Many of the people where I'm from could probably tell you they probably thought of me as like a left wing nut growing up, and then as soon as like I hit seventeen, eighteen, probably it completely flipped, and everyone thought I was like this conservative, staunch to ground, proud boy. And it's it's very <laughs> funny.
1: I don't know if I'd say proud boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you, you'd, you'd be surprised, some of, oh, the, some of, the, some of the banter. But uh, no, I definitely uh, consider myself, I would say, uh, so far, so far down the middle. Um, I'm one of those individuals that definitely believes in social ideas and ideology, but I don't believe in socialist execution. I think that there's a Uh, It's one of those things where I want to say, yes, we can help everybody and we should help everybody. You should help thy fellow man. It all just comes down to how do we do it and how do we do it safely and how do we do do it correctly? And unfortunately, it seems that no one on earth yet has figured out how to do that. Mm. So hopefully one day our great nation might be able to solve that problem. And if it was up to me, I think that problem just resolves in legalizing marijuana and heavily taxing it. But unfortunately, <laughs> that is not the answer to everything, believe it or not.
1: We're doing it in Illinois, man. I'm telling you. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, doing it. yeah, as you can see, one of these days, hopefully it'll, it'll happen to the great state of Missouri. But I am a National Guard soldier, so I will not be partaking in the abundance of any kind of THC for the foreseeable future or growing out a beard as my co-host and well, friend no, Travis is now Canadians, able to they do. they
2: let their military, they can smoke weed, they can grow it in their barracks, and they can grow beards. Wow. Yeah, oh, I, can't make Canada, this up. I am they about to be. They, can, they have a limit of like one plant per room. I can't make this up. Well, there you go.
0: Yeah. Huh. I think I need a maple leaf on my sleeve. That's you know, what I'm hearing.
1: I'll tell you what we're we're, we're taxing we're taxing uh, marijuana at over a rate of 100%. I can tell you that because we have uh, we actually have a we actually have a uh, manufacturing plant out in Barrie, Illinois and they, which is about 15 minutes from me. And
0: they No wonder you seem so mellow. I think I'm, your right, entire town right, is just right. contact yeah, high. Cause,
1: right? Because when it <laughs> blows downwind, you know we get a little bit of a contact high. So yeah, but they it's it's definitely an industry here in Illinois.
0: Huh? Gosh, and you and everyone was thinking Colorado was the spot. Who'd have thought no, that Illinois Alaska would too. be the great innovative mm-hmm. state?
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> well I, don't, I don't know if I go that far, but. Yeah
0: aside from my uh, position on the political spectrum uh, the purpose for me for this podcast is i definitely would like to to i don't i i don't even know if i would put it get get the word out but i would definitely like to have people that i think are caught up in one belief take some time to actually listen and and i'm not asking anyone to actually agree with anyone that we bring on this show and our plan is to bring in guests and guests from All different walks of life. And I plan on throwing a lot of you guys for a loop with some of the guests that we bring on with some of the diverse backgrounds that they're from. And I'm not asking anyone who listens to this show to have to like what they say, to have to agree with what they say or what they believe. However, I do challenge you as a listener to at least hear what they have to say and why they might feel that way. Because until you walk a day in someone's shoes and truthfully, as much as easy as that sounds to do, it's something that some of us will never be able to do. So I'm not asking you to agree. I'm not asking you to like anything or anyone that we bring on this show, but I do encourage you to listen and at least try to resonate, even if it's just a little bit and try to get a new understanding on what it is and where they are coming from as people because at the end of the day whether we like each other or hate each other we are we are stuck here on this big old ball of floating gas or land or whatever we are I'm not it's not a scientific podcast so I won't go on and talking about this lovely flat earth that we live on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, I know uh, there, there's our guy we're going to bring on the next podcast
0: uh, if anyone knows a flat earther send them our yes, way. yes. Okay. we have one in
1: Clopton come on
0: Oh, man. And uh, my my goal for this podcast at the end of the day is I, I'm glad that now I finally have someone other than my lovely girlfriend to to bore with my political ramblings when I get in the heat of the moment seeing something stupid. Because as much as I think and I know she loves me, I know that she does not care at eight o'clock on a Monday what I have to say about this or that when it's not something that she cares about. So. That's the goal. I know it's going to be fun. And I encourage you guys to bear with us. I I, I will say we are busy individuals and we're we're new to this. And so I'm super excited. If you guys stick around and continue to listen to us, you will see us grow as a podcast and as a network. And as we get better at doing the podcast and structuring it better and getting everything right. We really hope to bring you even more content and more interactive things that you guys can do to involve yourselves with the voice of reason. And we're definitely going to make this a show that you want to tune into week in and week out and definitely show your friends and have your grandma listen to it before she kicks rocks. And that way she can die a happy lady knowing that she might've changed her ways. Because I can't say (laughs) the same thing for my grandma, rest in peace, but she died a, a grumpy old lady and that's all right.
1: And since we're going to do this, we'll do right, a shameless please. we'll do a shameless plug right off the bat because I know you have it later on. But if you want to ask us questions, voice of reason podcast twenty twenty one at gmail.com or you can join our Uh, page on Facebook, uh, The Voice of Reason Podcast 2021. Um, Join, Share this with others. We would definitely, definitely like to get, as of this morning, we're at 165 likes, which is good for our first, not even full week. And I'm very excited about that.
0: Absolutely. And eventually we will get um, Andy on OnlyFans to promote our promotion (laughs) as well. And so we will we will be bringing the content to <laughs> you one way or the other. Oh God! Stay tuned. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully we, we. Hopefully the podcast grows where the ad revenue is enough that he can be fired for as as a teacher for having yeah. such things up there we'll, we'll make we it work go. one way or the there
1: other. There we go. There it is. <laughs> pray that Larry Logman isn't listening right
0: now <laughs> one day mm-hmm. so as as we as we shuffle forward a segment that we're going to we're we're going to do a couple of different segments on this show and one that I'm super excited about is Andy is a, in and and all rights a paid professional when it comes to being a historian and definitely knows a thing or two and has taught Thousands of students at this point. Well, Clapton's kind of small. Maybe only hundreds of students. Of about actually,
1: what the I actually have done done some math on that, and if you figure on over twenty six years at an average of one hundred and twenty students per year, so you do the math on that.
0: And what is that? I don't even know. But not, I, this is not a math podcast. You're asking, <laughs> but we'll we'll say. <laughs> We'll say we're over a thousand. Congratulations, Andy Van Beber, on teaching over a thousand people history. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> well. So, with that said, uh, a segment that we're going to bring to this show is uh, this time in history, where Andy's going to go back and actually kind of discuss about some of the similarities between things that we've seen, and whether it's American history or whether he decides to dive as far back as the ancient Egyptians or the Romans, the Greeks, anything that of the craziness that we see today and some of the divide that we might see today, or some of the good, um, he's gonna kinda dissect it a little bit and jump in and, and bring back some things from the past. And Andy, I'm gonna let you take it away from here and, yeah, and I'm gonna all
1: right, thank you. And I'm going to ask that anytime that you guys want to jump in, interrupt me, please do because that's part of this is interaction. I, we're not going to just do. I want you guys to be able to ask me anything. But uh, one of the things that we were discussing in our uh, in our production meeting um, on Sunday was, you know, talking about where where I'd like to go. You know, because it is so we're so quick to forget what. You know what? What we learn in high school, I'll never need that again. But uh, to me, government is my favorite class that I teach, and I have taught it every year that I have, all 26 years. I mean, I've I've also taught econ, I've taught uh, ancient civilizations, modern world history, current events, um, U.S. history. But my biggest, I love, and my wife thinks I'm strange for this, but I love politics. I love, and I, I totally identify with what you said earlier, Sean, about how, you know, I know my wife loves me and like your girlfriend loves you, but don't talk to me about politics. That's her thing. So, um, <laughs> one of the things that I, you know, and I I, I like, I aside from all the shouting that Travis was talking about on, on social media. I do look at what people are alarmed at. And one of the things, and I kind of took the pulse last week and, and kind of took, and everybody's real concern is about executive orders and how many executive orders Joe Biden has done and how uh, how many he's done, all oh, this, is, this is, he's just making new law and all this other stuff and everything. And so I want to clarify a few things. Uh, I checked in with my friends at the American Bar Association and what We're going to look at one of the first things I want to talk about before we dive into history is to look at what an executive order is and what it is not. Okay, What it is, uh, a, an executive order is a signed, written, published directive from the president that manages the operation of the federal government. Um, they are numbered consecutively. Uh, the first executive, they really didn't start keeping the numbers until about 1902, but they are numbered consecutively, and they are published in what's called the Federal Register, okay? Now along that same line, there are also presidential proclamations, which communicate infinite information on holiday, like federal observances, flying a flag at half staff, and trade. Uh, And then there are administrative orders, which are signed and used to manage administrative matters of the federal government. All of these, like I said, are published in the Federal Register, which is a daily journal of the federal government. You can go check that out. I believe it's federalregister.gov, I believe is what it is. Uh, It is published online now. But executive orders and proclamations have the force of law. Okay. Now, here's what executive orders are not they are not legislation. We say, well, wait a minute, you just said that they have the force of law. That's correct, but they are not legislation. They require nothing from Congress, but Congress, and, and this is where a lot of people get confused, Congress can't just overturn them. Okay, Congress can make laws that make it difficult or even impossible for that to carry out. Uh, for example, when uh, President Trump pushed for uh, the wall to be built and, of course, you had you had Democrats who who, who slodged around in, in the whole thing of trying to get funding for it. And, you know, and there was, I mean, the opposite party can make it almost impossible for a an executive order to be funded. So that's one of the ways. And only a sitting president can overturn an existing executive order of a previous president. We'll get more to that here in a second. Um, Biden is off to a record start. In his first month of office, uh, Joe Biden is number two since 1933. He has done 28. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt holds the uh, record for 30 in his first month. In the modern era, FDR had 30 in his first month. Biden had 28. Obama had 16. Truman had 13. And Donald Trump had 12. Those are your top five. Um, The purpose of an executive order. And this is my personal understanding of what I think, a purpose of an executive order is meeting the need of a current crisis or make sweeping changes to meet a situation, okay? So, you go back, you say, okay, well, this this must be just a modern thing. Well, no, actually, George Washington's first executive orders involved departments within the the executive branch. This was to organize and prepare reports for him, and he also made a presidential proclamation about the first Thanksgiving holiday. Lincoln. Now, everybody thinks that Biden is doing controversial things and, oh my gosh, we've never seen anything like this before and blah, blah, blah. blah. Let me. Here, here's your true history moment of the day right here. Lincoln suspended habeas corpus during the Civil War. Now, for those of you who don't know not, what habeas corpus is, is real quick, you cannot just be arrested for any for no reason and be thrown into jail and just be kept there. Habeas corpus means that you have to be taken by an officer of the court, whether it be police or whoever, a marshal, whoever, and they have to be tell, tell you why you're being charged and why you're being held. During the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln suspended habeas corpus. Because we were in a state of rebellion. According to the Constitution, you can suspend habeas corpus during a state of rebellion. But there was a lot of – this was met with a lot of public outcry. Uh, A lot of people questioned the constitutionality of it. Supreme Court under Chief Justice Roger Taney decided that it was unconstitutional. But here's here's the beautiful part about it, and this is where it got really controversial. Lincoln ignored it, and Congress did nothing to stop Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln's most famous executive order was the Emancipation Proclamation, freeing the slaves. He totally bypassed a divided Congress. He felt that Congress would overrule him, but with the passage of the 13th Amendment, we over we hedged off a possible controversy. Now. Onto the record holder, Franklin Roosevelt, considered to be the most active president, issued three. Here's the thing, guys. Think about this. In his 12 years of office, 13, technically, if you count the year of his death, he issued 3,721 executive orders. And President Wilson was the next closest one with 1,803.
0: I mean, what whenever- is the crazy thing? Is up until recently. I always thought that executive order just stood for the red button that Trump had in office to order a diet coke.
1: <laughs> we'll see. And so, that was, no, uh,
0: no wonder FDR all, had all those problems he was well, just, yeah, he exactly, drank he over three thousand
1: right diet Coke. And, and you can't you can't get that. And so, yeah. So, but but think about this. You got okay. Here is your history question for the day, boys. When did what did FDR come to presidency in? In the middle of. Uh, Oh come God. on great depression great depression Thank you. There we go. okay so people but here's the thing and i can i can relate because my grandmother and here's the thing my grandmother was a dyed in the wool republican before the great depression when the great depression happened she along with thousands hundreds of thousands of other republicans voted switched over to democrat why because think about this 30 of these orders, as I said earlier, were issued in the first month. People wanted action. The most con- controversial one- executive order that he did was declaring a bank holiday. He said for three days, every bank in the United States would be closed for three days to check for their financial health. And, of course, people were flipping out like, oh, my gosh. And he went on the radio that night and said, my, and he didn't say my fellow Americans. He said, my friends, listen, calm down. I've got this, okay? But... Uh, you know, to end this, to, to kind of wind this down a little bit, it was, and I and I found this quote on the internet. It was from Chief Justice Robert Jackson, 1952, that truly set the tone for executive orders and what their scope should be. He said the president's powers were at their height when the president had the director implied authorization of Congress to act. At their middle ground, he called it the zone of twilight, when it, he was unsure which branch should act or could act. And at their lowest ebb was when a president acted against the express wishes of Congress and the American people. Many critics have expressed their discontent of the executive orders. I mean, this is what I'm hearing on social media, that we're bypassing Congress, we're bypassing the American people. Okay. Fast forward to Joe Biden. I know I'm going a little bit longer, but I want to finish this up right here. Fast forward to Joe Biden. When questioned about his large number of executive orders, Biden responded. This was two weeks ago. I'm not creating new law. I'm eliminating bad policy. Okay. And I'm not going to go over. I had written down all of some of his executive orders, but I mean, a lot of it involved with COVID. The controversial one, revoking the Keystone Pipeline. That was the big one okay, and pause energy leasing in the Alaska National Wildlife Reserve, okay, uh, to ask uh, the education department to extend student loan pause, uh, require mask distancing on federal pr- property. These were just some of them. Biden has made it his goal to overturn what he felt was many bad policies of Donald Trump. Donald Trump, many of his policies, when he was in, he wanted to overturn the uh, uh, Obama's policies, uh, example, leaving the Paris Climate Accords, uh, loosening the restrictions on Obamacare to create a marketplace for, uh, for uh, insurance. In the end, what executive orders amounts to is the president's meeting the needs that he feels our country has at that time. Many are afraid that though trying to create an atmosphere of unity in our country, he is creating only a more divisiveness with these orders. This, guys, is the nature of politics. This is where I'm at. This is the nature of politics. We can view what Biden is doing one of two ways. We can say what he's doing is wrong, or we can look at them for what they are, a new perspective and a new viewpoint for trying to solve an existing problem, okay? What's the existing problem? COVID crisis, immigration, environment. It's based on the right given to him by the majority of the people who elected him. Which is why we call it democracy, okay? Just like Herbert Hoover had with the Great Depression, Donald Trump had an unfortunate problem that derailed his presidency in the form of COVID.
0: We I thought you were going to say in the form of cocaine, but
1: well, you yeah. know, in the form of well, I'm sure he probably did some of that on the table. But I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. Um, and, but like, <laughs> but here's the thing, and like FDR, Joe Biden is taking an aggressive, even though they are unpopular with some. Steps to help fix the issues that rock our country today, and so, to me, that's where I think we're at. It, it, we can't look at this like you said. We have to look through, look at this through new new lenses, new eyes. So, I believe that's enough for me to talk right now. But I, you know, that's I could go on, and like I said, I had about another page of notes, but I just I want people to know that hey, this isn't something that's new and It's just unfortunate for those who are on the opposite side.
0: I think my favorite executive order of all time was a gassed up JFK who told Jackie to shut up and tell Marilyn Monroe to (laughs) sing him happy birthday.
1: (laughs) Mr. President,
2: you know, I I want to go back to what you were talking about, V. Um, Social media, you know, it's always, you just read headlines, it's just, you know, links to articles, but. Majority of people, and I'm guilty of this, we read the headline. We see the headline and we just, you know, because usually the headlines is used to grab your attention and it's whatever the political agenda is. You know, it's the point is, is like you got to do your research. Like when I first saw the, you know, the Biden executive orders, I too was like, oh, my God, this is crazy what he's doing. You know, whether I agree with the things he did or not, you know, I, I thought, oh, my God, that's a lot of executive orders. And then after talking with you, and then I did a little bit more research last night. It's really what he's doing isn't that extreme and crazy like some of these news outlets are making it seem like. You know, whether you agree with this, you know, these executive orders or not, what he's doing isn't, you know, that out of the, you know, it's not that crazy. Like it's if you look at history, he's not doing anything that's like,
1: he, he, you know. And I looked down the list here, rejoining the World Health Organization. Okay. I, I really don't have a problem with that. You know, creating, he created the position of COVID-19 response coordinator. Okay. Uh, Rejoining the Paris climate agreement. Okay. I think the one that really has people really been out of shape and there's no, and there's no good way of looking at it. And if you guys want to go at this, you can, but you know, you know, revoking the Keystone pipeline um, that uh, we have, uh, we have a number. I mean, you guys went to school with a number of pipeliners, guys who are now pipeliners. And um, I, I think uh, I'm thinking of one, I'm, I'm not going to bring him up on air or anything, but I, I know one in particular who travels at least nine months out of the years on the road traveling, doing pipeline work. You know, it, it's, it's one of those things we look at, you say, okay, I'm not getting this, I don't, and and this is the one that I don't get, I don't, I, I have, it, this is where I'm at with the whole environment thing, I mean, we're, we're to be good stewards of the environment that we're given, but at the same time, being a good steward is also taking advantage of the material that you have given to you, and so, you know, that, that was one that kind of, but uh, the one that really that I really stood up and cheered for, and this is this is probably the only one that I cheered for. He launched an initiative to advance racial equality and, and what was called, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, the 1776 Commission. And for, for those of us who are, and I'm not going to say I'm a true history teacher, but a true history teacher, this was, I stood up and applaud this. The 1776 Commission was basically launched by Trump to support, quote unquote, patriotic education. And it was very... I mean, almost extremely so right slanted that it almost made, well, I won't say it almost, it made a lot of untrue historic statements about founding fathers, about, you know, totally look past uh, the the uh, the influence of, of immigration and how immigrants shaped our country, Black history. Um, and it was really, um, it, it really... When I when I, I was like, well, set, you know, when I first heard about the 1776 Commission, this was this came out uh, two years ago, I believe it was. I thought, oh, this will be something cool. Let me look this up, and I started reading it, and just some of the stuff that was being spewed out was like, and I mean, you you have yet to find any historical association, uh, any uh, like a lot of the groups that I belong to, nobody's like, okay, this is way out there. So I was I was really happy to see that the 1776 Commission was. Uh, Nixed. So, but other than that, you know, I mean, a lot of th- other things were 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 pretty harsh for, I guess, the other side. So,
0: ah, uh, yes, the seventeen seventy six commission, the 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 great teachings of how Andrew Jackson actually inspired Mister Rob Rogers and his his program.
1: For- <laughs> Won't you be my neighbor? Oh, by the way, <laughs> Cherokee Indians, I don't want you to be my neighbor. Please get <laughs> out west. And here are some blankets, some special blankets that we've prepared for you that have nothing but smallpox in them. Oh, my God.
2: You know, the oh. the whole Keystone thing, me personally, I, I was pretty upset that, you know, my, I think my biggest issue with it, whether I, I didn't really agree with the whole decision. But I think my biggest issue was the fact that they had ended it so abruptly and their whole – the only really response to the workers was just, oh, you know, you can go work in energy. Had I seen like this being like a two or three year plan, like a wind down, like, hey, this is going to happen in two or three years. And we're going to help you guys and give programs to help you transition to a different job. Maybe that I think that would have been better. But instead, they just abruptly just said, oh, there goes the uh, what was it? The uh, the, I don't know what it's called, but basically they just cut it off. And, you know, you have
1: a job and the next day you don't.
2: The permit, the permit—that's the word the I was like. Permit, they just right. cut the permit, yes. yeah, and you know, I think that negatively affected our relations with Canada too. I mean, you know, they, there was a lot of Canadians that were a part of this too, and they all, you know, this. Well, was I mean, they put jobs. it they,
1: yeah, the, well, and they they funded their they funded their side of the pipeline. I believe it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it starts in Ontario's where it originates from. I, I maybe I, I may be exactly. totally off on that, but I, I'll I'll look that up. But I I don't know you know yeah they they have every right to be upset too because hey they kicked their money in on it too
2: yeah i just don't think they they took care of the workers in this situation it was too much of a political agenda in my opinion and it's, it's almost like cutting the head
0: off weird. of a hydra you think you fix one problem and then two more just grow right back well <laughs>
1: and we're and we're seeing and we're we're going to see we are going to see that i mean everybody thinks the rising gas prices right now are because of key, that that has nothing to do with the keystone pipeline what we're seeing happen I mean, this is just, I mean, well, part of it is the end of fracking of of oil, uh, fracking for oil, which is more environmentally sound than what they're wanting to do. So, uh, you know, I I we I heard today that gas in Eolia peaked over $3 this afternoon. So, I was kind of sh- shocked about that. Really? Mm-hmm.
2: Man, that's the same price here in Chicago. Then That's insane for Eolia. That's... crazy
0: well as we we see the rising prices of mini chicago or eolia missouri um slowly slowly rise we we shuffle on to other different things and i know that we'll touch more on um things like the keystone pipeline as more and more comes out from that and we kind of see the repercussions the good and the bad at the end of the day uh you could almost say with anything uh, there's always some. There's always give and take, and unfortunately, uh, both sides are going to want their their half of the rope. So you can't make everyone happy, and we'll just kind of have to see where it goes from from there. And, and this brings me to our next topic and a section that I'm really looking forward to hearing. Um, that's going to kind of be uh, spearheaded by by Travis himself, and this is a, a section that we like to call "What to Watch For." Now, the whole point of this, this segment and this part of the podcast is Travis is going to address a couple things, whether or not he picked it up reading in the news or if it was trending for a little bit and then kind of got swept under the rug, much like Jeffrey Epstein's murder. I mean suicide. <laughs> um, this is going to be kind of some things that could potentially be a big deal or might be a big deal. But we're not hearing anything about it, so, without further ado, Travis take the reins and tell us what to watch for this week.
2: Yes, I mean, there's a lot of craziness going on right now for sure the thing the thing I've been watching um I've really been watching is the economy and the stock market um the stock market in particular um, let me just say right now, the stock market is extremely overvalued. We are in one of the biggest bubbles. The biggest bubble it's ever been, 100%. And uh, we've talked about eventually we're going to have an episode where we bring a, a friend of ours, Hank Owens, on. He's a financial advisor for Northwestern Mutual. Um, we're going to talk more of it a little bit about this. Um, but basically, we're in a bubble right now and we have a, a stock market driven by stimulus. And let me tell you, that's not going to end well. Um, whatever their plan that they have, it, it's not going to work. This is going to end eventually. And maybe this is a little bit outrageous to say this, but I truly do think we're going to see a stock market crash either this year or next. Um, I think sooner than later. I really do. Um, I encourage people to really do their research on this and, you know, educate yourself a little bit on this. It's serious stuff. And if you're a new investor, I would say this is not really a time to get in. Don't buy anything at a high, especially right now. Um, but be careful. If you have long-term investments, I would have a serious talk with your financial advisor. And if you're, you know, an aggressive, you got it on a growth portfolio, whatever, I would tone it back a little bit. Um, you know, look at Tesla for example. Tesla just absolutely exploded. But if you look at the Tesla's rated production and, like, where they actually make their money, it doesn't make sense. Um, and then you got, you know, Elon Musk buying Bitcoin, which is – and then talking bad about it after that's he bought so it. Crazy. There's a lot of – that's a perfect example of market manipulation. There is a lot of it. And we got the craziness with, you know, the game stopped short. And it's just absolutely absurd what's going on right now. So pay attention to it. Um, do your research on what's going on. Like, look up – why the stock market's where it's at? Like, it shouldn't be where it's at right now. You got, re- you got unemployment skyrocketing right now. Um, you know, it's the debt is like what twenty seven trillion dollars right 27 now. Twenty seven
1: trillion right- dollars. We just added one point nine with this proposed yeah. with this proposed stimulus package. We're going to, I mean, in the snap of a finger or the signing of a document, it'll be one point nine trillion added, just like that.
2: Yeah, just you know quantitative easing, which we're going to talk about a little bit more about that in a later episode. But yeah, just, uh, I would really pay attention to that. You know, a lot of people there's like, oh, I don't care about the stock market, you know, but yeah, I think you should pay attention to it. It's
1: what, pretty scary what, stuff that's going on right now. I, I read somewhere today that Tesla took an 8.5% dive today. Yeah, And what was it? Apple, I think I had that written down somewhere. Apple, yeah. Apple slid 3%, Microsoft 2.7%. <laughs> And, you know, what do you, what do you think Travis is, when you say overinflated, I mean, what, what do you think is the bit, and I know you said stimulus and everything. What do you think is the biggest, what do you think is the biggest cause of this, of this overinflated market? Just,
2: we're printing all of this money and the government's, and the treasury all of them they're printing they're printing money and i'm probably going to butcher this but Mm-mm. basically we're we're printing money and we're buying financial assets to raise the price of the stocks to make <sighs> we're
1: encouraging i'll tell you one thing we are encouraging the fed right now is encouraging borrowing yes when you when you have when you have an interest rate uh i i, I I actually just took my house off the market today for other reasons, but right now your interest rate for a 15-year loan is at around, if you've got decent credit, 2.5%, that is the that is the banks begging you to take their money. Oh, That's yeah. the banks begging you to take their money. And I mean, I've heard of some, I, I was talking to one of my buddies who does house flipping mm-hmm. for a living. And he's because he's so financially stout, and he had he's he got he told me he got a one point nine percent interest rate. I've I mean I'm forty six years old, and I've never seen a one point nine percent interest rate. That's ridiculous. I mean that's it. That's that's begging for trouble, like you said.
2: Yeah, and I I think another uh, contributing factor too, and we saw this with uh, the GameStop short. I think another reason we're seeing, you know, a rise in like stock market value is there's a rise of retail investors now with apps like Robinhood and um, Weeble and all these other zero commission trading apps. You got a lot of people who were laid off and they were bored. You know, they started learning about stock market. They started buying in with all this stimulus money, you know. Um, So I think that was a contributing factor. But be careful. I mean, if there's some people that are saying this is when this bubble pops and it's going to pop. They're talking at at least 85, 90% correction. Like that may sound crazy, but I mean, it's, if you look at all the money, it's been pumped into the stock market. It kind of makes sense. And I think back in March, we only saw what it was like a 40% drop. Mm -hmm. And that was, people were freaking out then. During the
1: recession in the early 2000s, we saw, uh, I want to say a a 55 to 60% correction. And so that was, and people lost. I mean, that was during the, that's when the dot-com, the whole dot-com. The dot-com bubble. Yep. And when it it burst, I mean, a lot of people lost their stuff.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, this was serious stuff. Pay attention to it. Especially if, you know, if you have a, if you have someone who has a Roth IRA or like a 401k, I think you should have a serious talk with whoever your financial advisor is and um, really start paying attention to this stuff because it's, you could lose a lot. But that's what I'm. Yeah, definitely that's now kind is kind of the what time my focus to, has been looking out for, and I think it, whatever is going to happen, it's going to happen sooner than not.
0: Now is the time to start to learn how to pickle your vegetables right out of the greenhouse, because you got boy, it. oh boy, spaghettios are going to shoot up to a whopping four dollars per can, and unfortunately, that's going to be expensive for for all. All of I will say
2: them. is, if you have some cash, start saving up some cash get your cash ready uh, I will tell you
1: that my 86 year old father and my 84 year old stepmother have two four foot by eight foot deep freezes uh, they have one upright deep freeze and they have two refrigerators all packed full to the brim with food uh, just for just such an occasion
0: yeah it's my Some dad lived people. through
1: the, my dad lived through the depression before and so he knew my my dad knew what it was to grow up to have nothing and he's terrified right now
2: yeah and not to be like a conspiracy theorist or anything like that but this is it's it's gonna i think it's it's gonna happen not I don't think i, I it's gonna happen yeah it's just it's just a matter of when and um you got to look out for yourself and prepare.
0: Well, I'm glad you said conspiracy theory, Travis, because that brings me to the next uh, topic that I want to speak about today. So, Here we go. Go go ahead.
1: Go go ahead. Chase it. Chase it.
2: Here we go.
0: As many of you guys have probably heard while listening to this podcast, I'm definitely not the one that's going to be the subject matter expert when it comes to (laughs) the the serious, but I, I, I do know exactly how many... Viagra pills JFK did take before, <laughs> before he hopped on the oh, back of that convertible oh, in oh Dallas, God. Texas. But that is neither here and that is neither there. Today, what I want to talk about is why exactly the United States government decides to hide UFOs from <laughs> the American public.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, if you listen to Elon so Musk I want to on go the back.
2: Uh, Joe Rogan <laughs> podcast, aliens don't exist. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> he may be smarter than me, and he may have more money than me. However, that doesn't change the fact that I am right about this, and Elon <laughs> is wrong.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Yes, Just because he can get to space doesn't mean that I – don't believe space can get right here. No, it's it's a funny funny situation that we we see repeated throughout history, and which is what what fascinates me about the whole thing is on a a late July evening, um, many many moons ago, in 1947 to be exact, about forty miles outside of Roswell, New Mexico, the great the great Roswell incident occurred. Now. What makes me laugh, and the only reason why I bring this up, is oh, the massive, massive, lazy cover-up done by the United States government when it came to this incident. Now, was it probably a weather balloon? Oh, Absolutely. It probably was. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's a 99.9% chance that it was. However, in order to keep Roswell's very small economy outside of the meth that is cooked there, (laughs) I will not talk down upon the great citizens of Roswell. No. But what is funny to me is if you go back and if you listen to the reports that came out during this time, during this Roswell incident, the United States Air Force, uh, the CIA, the, the government did this total yo yo where. During press conferences talking about this, when they were asked, at first, do you know what this is? They said, yes, this was a weather balloon and this has crashed. And then changed during a broadcast to, you know what? We don't know what this is. And the sole reason of that was because they didn't want to have their – secret technology that they were working on, on their own, whether it was different flights to be discovered in that area. They wanted people to be suspicious. And then we fast forward all the way uh, to the 21st century where naval pilots, uh, if you guys haven't seen them, uh, there's these videos and I'm not talking about TikToks. Yeah. I'm no, talking I about saw the TikToks.
1: I know what you're talking about.
0: Yes. And these these are videos that have been around for almost a decade now. And they leaked. They were leaked to the public and the U.S. government completely denied them at first when they were released and completely uh, disregarded the naval pilots uh, about saying how, yeah, we're not sure what these are, but these are definitely on our radar. This is definitely what we saw. And it's unlike anything we've ever seen before. And you fast forward – until last year, where just very briefly, the United States government decided to release documents that said, yes, this happened, we knew it happened, and we're sorry that we didn't tell you about it back then. So, the reason why I bring this up and the reason why I just I, I wanted to talk about conspiracies is it's not so crazy to think that there are certain things that are discussed behind closed doors that we will never know. Um, Whether or not not it has to do with crazy things like UFOs, probably not the case. However, there are things that – there's a reason why conspiracy theories exist, and it's partially due to the fact that they're so juicy and that they keep the conversation going whenever you're around people. And unfortunately, we've gotten to a point where almost everything that we talk about in politics is a conspiracy theory. We could – rewind and I know we'll definitely talk about this at a later date but we could really dive deep into how many people actually think that this election was rigged and how it was all a big conspiracy and this is not this is not new you know this this dates back to everything this dates back to the old loch ness monster the and 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 bigfoot scotland and bigfoot so i just i i i find it very amusing how oftentimes we find ourselves discussing uh, how many conspiracy theories there are when there's just so many more fun ones that can be talked about, let alone why all the way back in ancient Egypt was King Tut anointed at nine years old. And if it goes to show you what running a government, and running a country of duty. The man died by the time he was 19. You were and paying attention to class. You, wow.
1: <laughs> thanks, man. I wow. I can
0: assure you that that decade was one wild ride. Yeah, so it
1: was. Before,
0: before people start hammering down on Joe Biden for slurring all his words, just remember exactly what happens when you are in power. Um And when you are stressed, crazy things will happen. So That's right. That's right. <sighs> So first and foremost, I, I definitely wanted to thank everyone uh for listening. Now What's What comes next? What is next for the Voice of Reason podcast? And I can tell you there's going to be a couple of different things. As we grow and as you guys grow as listeners amongst us, I am excited to announce that in a, in a couple of weeks, this isn't something that will happen overnight, but eventually we will get this to be a live podcast that you guys can see and actually interact with us live as we stream this on different uh, social media platforms for people to be engaged with. Um, but well, like I s like we've spoken before, we're gonna have all kinds of different um guests on here from different backgrounds, from different uh walks of life. And actually, I'm excited to say probably different different parts of the globe. Uh, I'd love to have um big shout out to my friend Fira Salaba, who I've talked to who lives in Lebanon. Um and would there love is. to get him on the show. Yeah, that, that would be so I
1: miss that guy.
0: Great, great guy. So there's all kinds of amazing stuff that we're going to do with this show. So I appreciate your guys' patience. I appreciate you guys listening to us uh, for today. Do not forget, as Mr. V, ol Andy said, please like us on Facebook at the Voice of Reason Podcast 2021. If you have any topic that you want us to talk about, whether it's something you saw in the news, something that you just don't know about, and heck, if you want what's a better cleaner, bleach or Dawn dish soap, I'll be more than happy <laughs> to go on a 20-minute ramble for you. Please send any questions that you have to Voice of Reason Podcast 2021 at gmail.com or send us a message on Facebook or leave a comment on any post that you see. If you'd like to be a guest, please shoot us a message, tell us what you'd like to talk about, and we'll definitely see if we can find time to work you into the rotation. I can assure you we will be very, very busy. Um, and once we do have guests here, we'll have them rolling in and we are ready to pave the yellow brick road for you guys and hopefully right. keep you out of Kansas right. to be completely honest because holy cow does that state suck but
1: <laughs> a, there goes our de- part of our demographic right there go all the
0: four board. people that live in Kansas That's that can right. operate a smartphone there you go. <laughs> so really quick I do want to say at least for myself um next week um Andy I don't know if you've thought about what you're going to be talking about in this time in history have you put any thought into that yet
1: uh, I'll get to it. I'm getting there.
0: Perfect. So, I can say my my topic next week is I'm going to talk exactly about why Ted Bundy might have been the greatest Republican of all time. <laughs> Actually,
1: we are, <laughs> co- we are going to be talking about looking at uh, some of the things from uh, Watergate, and you talked about conspiracy theories. I am wanting to talk a little bit, uh, kind of revisit Watergate a little bit and talk about how that kind of plays into
0: controversy today. Awesome. How about you, Travis?
2: Um, I think something I was going to talk about it this, this time, but I didn't do enough research yet. Uh, there's some stuff going on in China right now, specifically China and India. And I think that's definitely worth paying attention to. They're very big countries with a very big influence. Um, so I'm going to do a little bit more research on that and hopefully get a good segment for listeners next week. All sounds awesome. Well,
0: Andy, Travis, any last words for our listeners today?
1: Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to us. And we please tell us about uh, all your friends and like us on Facebook.
2: Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll, uh, we'll get better.
0: All right. Well, you heard it here. My name is Sean Phillips. I'm here with Andy Van Beber and Travis Kirkendall. Thank you so much for listening to the Voice of Reason podcast, and we will see you next week. Bye, guys.